The scripture reading this morning is John 21 through 10 and can be found in your pew Bible on page 882. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went towards the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciples who reached the tomb first also went in, but he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Good morning, friends. I offer you that reading this morning to remind us that this is a resurrection series. We've been looking at the story of relationships, especially in the wake of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's come out from the grave. What does this mean to us practically in the life of our most significant relationships? And so this series is called Resurrection Relationships as we're talking about what does it mean that Jesus came out from the grave and what does that mean practically for us in our everyday, in the way that we know God as our Father? We talked about that week one. You can hear that teaching online. Then last week, we talked about it in one of the most significant relationship spaces that we can live out of, which is marriage. What does it mean to have resurrection in our marriage? And that teaching is also online. This week, we're going to talk about the gift of friendship. And what does it mean that we can share a risen Christ together in our friendships? Okay? This series is going to continue, though. Next week, we have Confirmation Sunday, and I'm excited to see how the theme of resurrection and relationships will be weaved into the stories that you're going to hear from our, from our youth. And then all of this, of course, is building up the next couple weeks after that. We're going to talk about the church. What do relationships in the church look like? And then all of this builds up to January to June 2. We're going to have a baptism Sunday, and it's going to be really exciting. One service, and we want you to be here for that. So this morning, though, we're talking about the story of resurrection. I want to remind you of that because it feels like, boy, Easter was forever ago, but it's not. It was just three weeks. And so just to refresh our minds again that Jesus came out from the tomb, he is risen. He is risen indeed. See, it's still fresh in our hearts, right? So looking back at that story, if you have your Bibles with you, great. If you don't, you can pull it right out. Look back at John 20. Uh, and look at this text again. This is this, just the first 10 verses of this resurrection story, which is so powerful. But if you look at it, there's a lot of space in here given to the context of relationship. You see in this that Jesus had a special relationship with one of the disciples, and they kept regarding himself as the one whom Jesus loved. Okay, So there seems to be a special friendship that Jesus had with one of the disciples as he had with many of them. And of course, there were the three that he was close to, and then the 12, 
There were 70 beyond that. All of these were ministry friends that Jesus interacted with, but there's a special friendship with one. Then you have this duo, this one whom Jesus loved and Peter running to the tomb together, which is pretty exciting, um, you know, because the news of Jesus' resurrection was there. But it's interesting in the text that it has to footnote in there that while the two of them were running together, the other disciple whom Jesus loved outran Peter and got there to the tomb first. That has no theological reference, by the way. There's no deep need for that. It's just saying that, okay, in the running of getting there, I was a little faster because the one who's writing this is the one whom Jesus loved. So, hey, we ran to the tomb, but I got there first. It even says it again when it gets there. Stooping in and looking in, there's the linen cloths. And the one who came looked in, or the one who got to the tomb first looked in. So even in that, I think the, if there is a big theological point to this text, it's the idea that there's rich friendships in Christ. There's rich friendships in Christ. There's a rich friendship that we can enjoy with Christ, And then there's rich friendships that can be born in with Christ, where you share Christ together. So we're going to talk this morning about that gift of friendship and what does that look like for us, this idea of friendship. Now, it might be strange to talk about Jesus as a friend. We know that in Scripture he was regarded as a friend of sinners, but what about a friend to us? You know, it's so easy and natural for us to picture Jesus, you know, being born of a Virgin Mary and, you know, and walking here, but not really walking, kind of more floating around and interacting with people and healing and teaching and touching, but not really having friendships. It's really kind of a stretch sometimes for people to think about that Jesus had friends. But you think about the 12 disciples, they were certainly a a group of friends. They walked together, ate together, walked many long miles, did three years of deep ministry together. All the while, you can read in the Gospels that their ups and downs, their struggles and their fights, their struggle to see who's going to be first. All the whole time having this friendship in mission that God had called them on together. And so we talk about friendships. Jesus didn't come down from his place of heaven to kind of float around us. He came and he walked with them and he hungered with them and he ate with them. He had friendship with them. And he watched as these 12 had friendship with one another. And that was the mission that he was calling them to do, to radiate with a love for one another that carried the message out into all the world. So this morning, we're going to talk more about this idea of of friendship and friends in Christ and what does it mean for us to share Christ together as friends. And that's a work in our heart. And my hope is that you'll take one step forward if you maybe do have friends that where you can be honest about your, your joys and encouragements and accountability and even share mission with. That if you've never experienced the richness of having a friend in Christ, that maybe this morning you'd be encouraged to take one extra step deeper. Or maybe you have that. Maybe you have friends you can get real with and pray together with. Then you would take even one step deeper. Now, that's a work that I cannot do for you. Let me pray that the Holy Spirit do a work in each one of us. Father, thank you. Our Father, we gather before you here in this place, and we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, God, immensely for the gift of resurrection in Christ, that from out of the grave he came and the the linen was still there. The wrappings of death were just there in the tomb, empty. Lord, thank you for the gift of friendship that was born there among the 12 disciples. There was a ministry that he called them to continue when he commanded them, love one another, which is a command given to us as followers in Christ. So Lord, I pray this morning that as we might consider this idea of of friendship in Christ, of 
mission friendship or, or redeeming the idea of friendship, God, that you would do a work in our hearts, that if any of us are here this morning and, and maybe we're alone in our walk, maybe we don't feel like we have someone or a group of people that we can be honest with our struggles and, and receive prayer and grow with one another, that you would help us in that. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus, um, he encouraged a rich friendship among the disciples. He encouraged a rich friendship among them, so much that he just said, love one another as I have loved you, continue to love one another. And if you look at this idea of friendship throughout the Gospels and the way Jesus interacted, you know, he often said friends were ones that you would call together and celebrate. There was the, the man healed from, uh, you know, much affliction, or the woman who found a lost coin, and he was like, oh, of course, you would call your friends together and you would say, let's celebrate, the, the, you know, what I've lost has been found. Jesus promised that, promised that friendships would be messy. He said, sometimes your friends, they may even betray you. Still forgive. And this was something that was so deep in his walk that he too experienced the betrayal of a good friend. Friends, he said, share a call to mission. They mission together. They love one another. He sent them out two by two, not one by one and said, go out together and share the gospel and do amazing things. And they did. They spent much time together. So as we consider this idea of a Christ-centered friendship, what we're really talking about is, is purposeful friendship. You know, it's something that's sacred and deep and meaningful. And again, I hope this is something that we step into today, that we have this consideration, especially us men, because typically men, we kind of walk alone, you know? Women, when they're in pain, they do something amazing. They gather together and they talk about it. Men, when we're in struggle, we kind of hide out. We just sort of hole up, right? And so it's hard for us to step into this. So I'm talking to men especially, which is ironic on a Mother's Day. But what a gift it would be if we continued to step in this idea of friends on mission. I'll tell you, is this something that Simon came up with? Is this something that Simon's, you know, about, you know, this idea of friendship and love? No, it's really not. It's actually something that is part of our tradition as an evangelical covenant church, mission friends, friends together on mission. This is a a deep-seated value in our denomination that when I started learning more about who the covenant is, that was something that highlighted to me. That was rich. And I, I experienced that as a pastor. I know Lars and I both have that, this idea that we can get together in these spaces where we gather as a denomination, and we feel that. We encourage one another. It's real. We pray for one another, and it's deep. And we go farther in mission together than we ever could alone. This is a value that is deeply woven into who we are as a covenant church, this idea of mission, friendship. So when we talk about this idea of friends on mission and missional friendship, let me give you three aspects of what it is to have a friend, to redeem the idea of friendship or to have friends in Christ. This is kind of three aspects of the idea of a redeeming friendship or sharing friends in Christ. One would be the idea of encouragement, the idea of encouragement. If you look at 1 John, which is the same author as writ, written in that Gospel of John, you see that he says, this is the message that we have from Christ and that we proclaim to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness. Now listen to this part, verse 6 of John, 1 John chapter 1. If we say we have fellowship with Christ, if we have friendship with Christ, while we walk in darkness. What is darkness? Well, it's the unknown. It's, it's kind of that lostness. It's alone, solitary. 
We say we have fellowship with Christ, walk in darkness, and we're lying. We don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as Christ, He is in the light, then we have fellowship with, and you expect Him to say, with Christ, because that would make sense, right? We're in the dark, we don't have fellowship with Christ because we walk in the dark, alone and lost. And if we walk in the light, then would we naturally have friendship with Christ? But this always throws me off because I want it to say Christ because it should. It'd be reflective. But instead, it says if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship, friendship with one another. Then the blood of Christ, his son, cleanses us from all of our sins. To encourage one another in Christ, to walk in the light, to walk together in the light is to encourage one another in our faith. To say, how goes your walk? How is Christ working in your life today? What's your testimony for the day? How can I hear how God is moving in your heart in good ways and to cur- and stir one another up in our joy to rejoice always? That takes friendship. We need to walk together in the light in order to experience the fullness of all the friendship and fellowship that Christ has for us. What is another aspect of friendship? It's accountability. Okay, this is where it gets real. As that text goes on, it says, if we confess our sins, then he is faithful. Talking about Christ again. If we confess our sins, then he is faithful and just. He's right to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all unright living. This is the value of accountability. And yeah, I'll use the C word, confession. Now, if you're like me, maybe you grew up and your first thing when you think about confession is that phone booth, that dark phone booth with a divider between them and someone you don't know on the other side of a vague little curtain that's going to, you're going to hear all the stuff, they're going to tell you to do these certain things. It's going to be kind of a cold experience. Maybe that's your impression of this idea of confession. I know it was mine. I sometimes look on eBay to see if there's any old confessional boxes out there somewhere. Put one in my office. (laughs) But I would take the curtain out of the middle. Because the idea of confession shouldn't be this scary, dark thing. Accountability and confession among friends that share Christ together should be natural. I mean, the text is really saying if you talk about your sins together, because it's in the wake of that idea of you'd have friendship with one another if you walk in the light. So to confess your sins isn't this scary, you know, cold, dark box thing. It's sitting with coffee or lunch, breakfast, or even on the phone with someone, even over text. And saying, I'm, man, I'm hurting today. I'm struggling today. I need help today. And to have a compassionate ear on the other side saying, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. And when they have need, they talk to you. This is how it works in Christ. And then he's faithful and just to forgive us and to release us from all that stuff. We get real. We start talking about it. Confessing your sins to one another. Having accountability. How goes your walk? Again. So often we can walk in shame, because sin creates shame, right? That's the outbreak. They bit the apple, they covered themselves up in leaves, and we've been covering ourselves up ever since. But you notice that in the resurrection, the linen cloths, the shame of death, that covering, he left that behind. So should we. And walk together, uncovered, talking about our struggles and Encouraging one another, praying for one another. This is the life. This is the life that Christ calls us to. Third value would be um, shared mission. Shared mission. Jesus said this to his disciples, and I've been unpacking these two verses for 
uh, a while since I've, I read them, and I continue to get new, new revival out of them. It says, I give you a new commandment. This is the disciples, this is also you and me. I give you together a new commandment that you love one another. Be friends. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. As Christ has befriended us, we should befriend one another. This is how everyone's going to know, by the way, that you're my disciples, if or for the manner in which how you love one another. You see, our friendship, our friendship in Christ, is one of the primary tools that God is using to declare His kingdom come. I, it's one of those verses that's too easy, too ripe not to go, well, what does it not say, you know? I don't like to do that too often, but you notice it doesn't say, you know, all the world will know you're my disciples for uh, your politics. All the world will know you're my disciples for how blessed you show. All the world will know you're my disciples for how happy you are when you're in the grocery store. No. It's your friendship, your love for one another, that real stuff. That's the tool and it's one of the primary tools that God is going to use to share his kingdom. I mean, I look at that and I think, man, somebody should be able to look at the depth and quality of my relationships, my marriage, my walk with my kids, my friendships, and say, do I see the gospel there? Do I want that too? So these three values, this idea of encouragement and accountability and shared mission, these are just three aspects, I think, of having friendship in Christ. And, you know, like I said, I can't just talk about relationships alone. That doesn't really work. And so uh, this morning, to kind of amplify this in a practical way, I have a non-clergy friend, someone who's not a pastor that's going to tell you this is how you should be doing it. This is my friend from Austin, Texas. I'm going to invite him up here. It's my friend, good friend, Paulo Vieira. Paulo is CEO of Integritas, which is a multinational software development corporation with offices all over the world, I know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Hello. And we've been good friends for a long time. You are a busy man. Uh, we actually have very little in common, uh, practically. He likes some game where people kick a ball. Uh, I like a little yellow ball hitter. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's still a friendship that we've developed over the years, and I thought it'd be great for you to come and share a little bit about how some of this Christian friendship, friends in Christ, Christ-centered friendship has impacted your life. So thank you for being here, Paolo. Thanks. Oh, first and foremost, hello, everybody. Um, and this feels really good, buddy. Thanks. Uh, it's good to be back. Um, so Simon and I started our friendship about 11 years ago. Yeah. And it was one of those things that when Christ wants something done, it's immediate, right? So he was getting interviewed to be a pastor at our church, Restoration Covenant Church in Austin. Greetings from Restoration to you all. <laughs> uh, and I remember him walking up the ramp to be, uh, to be interviewed with Alicia, really pregnant. Uh, she had a polka dot dress on and he had past your glasses on because you wanted to interview, you know, and, and the minute I saw the two coming up, it was this weird, hey, these will be our friends, you know, these, these people are friends, and, and the four of us, uh, my wife Calindra is right there next to Alicia, we, we ended up becoming this ministry unit, right, uh, not only we support each other in friendship, the two of them support each other, Alicia and I talk to each other, Calindra and Simon talk to, to each other as a as an accountable uh, group uh, uh, that lives together in worship and mission and in the presence of the Spirit. Like, like Simon was saying, we, other than uh, our brotherhood in Christ, 
we probably wouldn't become friends, mm. right? I mean, he plays tennis, I like soccer, uh, I like computers, and he's a pastor. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whatever that you know, is. Yeah. It, it's like, we're not doing the same things, we're not in the same circles. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I'm, I'm a business guy, right? Uh, I fly airplanes, he gets sick in airplanes, and it, it's, it's just weird, weird thing, right? But once we found our purpose together in ministry, it was just amazing, right? Mm -hmm. Because we, we learned that as true friends on mission, it's not, hey, buddy, help me solve this problem. It's him coming to me and saying, let me extract what God wants you to do with this problem, with this situation, with this mm -hmm. uh, relationship, with this friendship, with this marriage, with whatever, right? It's like, well, I have, a, I have an issue at home with my kids. Like, well, would you like me to give you some advice? No, no. Say, hey, how, how's God working in your heart with that? Mm -hmm. What is what is going on here? What is God trying to tell you through the struggle? What is he trying to make you work on his behalf. And it's not always easy, by the way. It's sometimes it's the hardest choice, mm -hmm. but it's the one that Christ wants you to do. So, so you're, you're, you know, obviously you're, you're a real busy guy. And when I met you, you were building your, your company. And so you're excep exceptionally busy. Yep. Um, but what is it that encouraged you kind of first steps? And you're also a, 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 an adult convert, like you came to mm -hmm. Christ later in life, right? What encouraged you to start having friendships where you were like able to to, to, to acknowledge Christ, because sometimes, you know, even Christian brothers or sisters will get together, and it's like, we're pleasant with one another, but we don't really talk about Jesus much or pray together. That kind of, when did you start to experience that, and how, how, what was it like at first? Uh, one of the qualities that I've learned through this deep relationship we have with each other is transparency, right? Transparency solves a lot of problems. Mm. Transparency uh, lets you go to bed at night and put your head in the pillow without having to have good memory for the next day, right? It's like you don't have to remember anything else. So much so that shortly after that, uh, we changed the business card of our company to be clear, right? Oh. So even in the business, we do it as, if you can see through it, we, we can do business together. So our books are open, our conversations are open, our clients can see our books, who, what we pay to our people, all of that, right? So it becomes a lot easier. I don't have to argue anything. I can just say this is how we do, how we do work. But of course, that translates even more in the office setting. Uh, my employees don't have to guess what I'm thinking or what I'm doing. Uh, we encourage each other to pray for each other, and we pray in the office. Um, not all are believers, but they do understand that it is a part of our DNA and how we, how we grew up there, right? Um, and that in itself re releases that burden of having to be worried about how am I going to do things or how am I going to say things? Mm. Because Christ will say things, Christ will do the things, and literally, and I, I learned this one from Lisha, it's like, give it to Christ, right? Like, when in doubt, like, hey, I don't know how to do this, you do it, yeah. right? It's the Jesus take the wheel, whatever that song is, I don't know. <laughs> but it's, I, except when I fly, I, I keep my hands on them. Yeah. But, but it's, it's, it really releases that, that weight. Mm. You know? Do you feel like uh, you're able to have more integrity with your walk because you, you wear it publicly with your friends in your office as well as, you know, you're, you're, are you able to have more of, of, I guess, a more real walk in Christ because you're more out there with it than you are kind of... Uh, maybe, you're, you know, your, your faith is something you hide or keep to you. That's not how oh, you are. No, absolutely right? not. No. So how did, you, how did you grow in that? What was kind of your first steps to being kind of out there with your friendships, even at your workplaces with your faith? So I'll, I'll illustrate this with examples. Uh, of course, we, we came here yesterday afternoon to, to 
discuss this topic today, right? We ended up not discussing this topic at all. We just had our standard conversations that we've been having for 11 years, right? So yeah, so how are you doing? How are you doing? Hey, how's at home? How's with the kids? How are they doing? So that, you, you don't have to go out with your sign that's saying, uh, I, I'm a Jesus follower, come, come talk to me. You know, if you don't know about Jesus, come see me. None of that. Um, but Simon is really good, and if you haven't had lunch with him yet, you should, um, with the, the question asked twice at least, right? Say, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm good. No, 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 no. How are you really doing? Mm. Right? And how many waiters or waitresses have we led to Christ together on that? I don't know. Yeah, but that's right, we shared the gospel. Many, yeah. many, mm. many, many. You say, hey, uh, my name is... John, and I'm going to be serving you today. Say, okay, John, how are you doing? All right, man, all right, all right. Oh, how are you really doing, John? <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> oh, my mom, my son. Yeah. Okay, John, pull up a chair. Let's talk about this, right? Yeah. And pretty soon, John is on his knees and giving his heart to Christ, right? Mm. Uh, and, and God, in, in that sense, in that relationship together, he, he orchestrated, because we, we started knowing each other's uh, strengths and weaknesses, right? The types of people that you bring to me or to Simon, that you know, either I would get them all prepped and say, okay, you, you go for the kill, right? <laughs> and then they'll, they'll lead them to, to Christ or vice versa, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, I've been talking to this guy. He, you may need to talk to him because this is more of a, uh, a business kind of guy and he's, he's, he's control thing, you know, he, mm -hmm. he's, he's having a hard time giving up control. So this, this worked out pretty good. Yeah. You know? Let's move towards uh, accountability and even, you know, again, we tried to redeem the idea of confession, right? And uh, we sometimes have this phrase, you know, I'm in the car, right? And usually that means I'm in, I'm in a space where I need some prayer, right? I'm in the car. And, and the car is not a, a little black booth, but it kind of can feel like that sometimes. And you're driving, and you're like, I'm just going to, I need to call a friend. I'm, I'm really struggling my, my heart right now, or I need some things worked out that I'm confused by or struggling with. And so we have that kind of phrase, you know, I'm in the car, right? How has walking with friends, and I know you have this with more than just me, how has walking with accountability, transparency, mm -hmm. and even like confessing and praying for another, how has that encouraged your walk? Um, having that uh, dial a friend is invaluable, right? So we had a very significant issue in our company um, in the last three weeks. Well, guess who's the first guy I called, right? Not anyone in Austin, not in, call my buddy, right? Not because how do you solve this business problem? It's like my heart is aching. Mm. I need you, right? I'm in the car. Yeah. I'm in the car, and I had to go in the car because there's so much stuff in the company. So I, I gotta go hide in the car so I can talk yeah. to someone, right? Uh, and and he comes through, right? And he comes through with a hey, let let how what is God gonna do through you in this situation right now, right? And it's so hard, right? There's betrayal involved. There's you know people that I dearly love that we have to, to discuss. And, and Simon's like, hey, what, what, is, what is Christ telling you here? What are you going to do? Right? Um, so how that works, having that, that accountability, that confession, um, I thought when we first started having this deeper relationship, deeper, I mean, we, I, I was in the leadership team at the, at the church to, with Simon together. I mean, we'd be reviewing messages the, 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 the Saturday before or whatever, reviewing slides. So there's funny stories there. We can talk about that between services. Um, but, you know, reviewing all this stuff together, talking, arguing, uh, debating, hey, should I, should we not, should we go there or not? Uh, but having that, that guy that you're going to confess to something and knowing that there's no shame coming back, mm. right? 
there's no shame because mm -hmm. there's no shame in Christ, right? Yeah. So, hey, uh, my eyes have been wandering this week. I need your help. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, man, what are you doing? What do you think? It's like, hey, well, let's talk about that. What, what's the deeper root of that? What's, what's uh -huh. happening in your heart right now that, that's making you go that direction? Or, hey, I snapped at my kid today. The guy, he's being a jerk at home, whatever. So, hey, well, let's, let's go there. Why is he... Why are you allowing him to do that to mm. you, right? So what's Christ telling you to do there? Great stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Paulo. So let's say someone's here and they just haven't really tasted that idea of friendship, that they can share Christ together, accountability, shared mission, all those things, encouragement. What, what would you encourage them maybe in one step, you know, to, to kind of start experiencing that in their life, to really share Christ among their friend, in their friendships? I know it's, it's, it seems like a hard concept at first because I sure wasn't there. I absolutely was not. It was definitely the guy that uh, I would like to go hide or go in a drive or go flying or go do whatever right? To, when, when struggle happens, right? Uh, and this happened a, a while ago, well, very early on in the, in the ministry in, in Austin. Uh, I was a part of the, the church council, and, and somebody said, well, I don't want to talk to Paul about this. He's, he's a hothead. Right? Mm. He runs hot. And, and Simon came to me. He's like, hey, the, they were saying that you run hot. Right? We didn't know each other quite well yet. Right? I said, well, I don't know what they're saying. I said, well. You were hot in your response. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he goes like, well, do you? Mm. And that hit me hard. I was like, well, nobody ever asked me that. Mm. Right? And it seems so stupid now. right? But back then it was, huh, what, what do you mean by that? And then we we started deeper conversations about that, right? And, it, and it's not an immediate thing. Like, tomorrow I will completely open up with this guy or this, or this girl and just start sharing everything I know about everything. Easy there, because you mm -hmm. might shock someone, right? So, but it, it kind of leads into it. And as Alicia would say, give it to Christ. Let him lead you. Let him tell you the next step, right? It yeah. is hugely, hugely uh, powerful. You know? Yeah. Well, we're talking about one step today, and I just wanted to give Paulo a chance to share his story, again, non-clergy, uh, but just in challenge us and how we can grow in our friendships uh, with that. Do you have one more thought to share, and then we move I'll, to prayer? Can I, I'll, I'll read really quickly that I was, this is Paul to his friends in Philippi, right? Mm. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy, because of your partnership in the gospel from mm. the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Mm. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all the sermons, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, mm. filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So he had those friends that he really shared life with. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, let me pray, and then I've got a shared prayer for us to respond together that I think may be that first step for us today. Father, thank you. Thank you for the gift of friendship. Born in Christ, Lord, thank you that you are a friend to each one of us. Lord, I thank you that by the gift of your grace, we can, we can pray together in one voice, our Father. We can seek you for encouragement with one another. 
We can walk in accountability and, yeah, even confession with one another. And, Lord, you can use this tool of our friendships together to, to continue to radiate out the truth of the gospel. Help us, Lord, in that if we have not begun that, if we're kind of walking alone and not feeling fellowship, help us to take that first step. Friendship in you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This is a prayer for us to share together, um, and then we'll move to our close. Whoops. It begins there. Lord Jesus, this is your prayer together, who is a friend to all sinners. Teach us to love one another just as you love us, so that the world will know you as Savior, Lord, and God. This we pray in your name, to your glory. Amen. Amen.